What's up, guys? So, um, <laughs> we're going to call this a bonus round for today. So, it's still Friday. And uh, hopefully you caught my first message of the day. We really took some time and broke down some of my ideas about people coming with and without us. And, uh, you know, how people are in our life for seasons. Um, now, as I was tattooing today, I've been really trying hard to follow God's call to me. Um, and as you can see, I literally have goosebumps already, just barely starting to do this talk here. Um, I feel massively compelled to talk about grief, to talk about my process with it, to talk about how you can support people that are grieving, and also to take a moment here to talk about um, how important it is to be aware of who we are, what types of choices we're making, and why it's so fucking important. But I'm gonna start with that first. What's up, Stanley? Thanks for catching broadcast number two, man. We're doing, we're kicking it up into higher gear. Um, first off, um, I want to say this, man. Like as a former addict, as a person who used to live a lifestyle that I'm survive, like surprised that I survived as many times as I did. Um, I want to speak out there to all the people out there that don't think that they're worth paying attention to themselves, that don't think that they're worth loving themselves and don't think that they're worth everything that they were made to be. Um, I just, I have to pour my heart out to y'all. You are loved and it's going to take a lot of tough love from yourself. You're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror every day and love you enough to tell you the fucking truth. Love you enough to know that it isn't about disappointing other people. It's not about all that shit. It's about you loving you enough to take charge of your life. Because at the end of the day, even if you didn't do the things that have happened to you, they are serious. They were painful. I fucking get it. But I'm going to tell you that at the end of the day, your reaction to all of those things is your fault. Your inability to move on from them is your fault. And I need you to take into account that there's people out there that love you so much. And if you love them back, it's not about disappointing them. It's not about all that stuff. But if you truly love somebody back, you love the people that love you, you're going to take responsibility for the fact that you know deep in your heart of hearts that you're doing wrong for them. And you're going to take accountability and you're going to take responsibility and you're going to choose to do better because it's not fair to ask your family to watch you kill yourself. I say that as somebody who's reformed from that life. So please don't think I'm judging you. I'm just telling you that those the wages of sin are death and those things always end. They always, always, always end in jails, prisons, institutions, or death. There's no other way. So... I mean, this is heavy. I don't live in my home state anymore, so I don't have the opportunity to be in touch with a lot of the people I used to know. But I do know that if I took the time to get in touch with those people, if I took the time to find them and ask them questions and talk to them, that I would probably find out that probably dozens of my old acquaintances, friends, and people I've known for years and years and years are dead. Um, Lacey found out another person who she's known since grade school Passed on last night of an overdose. Um, my clients here, um, they were uh, getting ready to go to a viewing, I believe, tomorrow. Um, by the way, thanks. Big love to the Roars. Uh, your family is amazing. I love, always love having you guys down here. Um, 
And they're getting ready to go back and, and tragically two very young men were killed in a car crash out in uh, um, Moorhead. And then, I mean, literally we have Aniston, little Aniston here, that's Reggie, uh, another one of Lacey's very good friends, uh, daughter, goddaughter. And um, we're watching her for the night and taking her so that she's still got that family in her life. And her, her father, unfortunately, passed on. That was last year, mind you. Um, Cassie. Chris Snow. Lacey's father of her children. And her uh, lifetime partner, basically. 18 years. Um, look, I'm going to just start it out. Like, I don't need to sit down and tell you how many people are dying this year. Because I think that everybody knows that it's not right that it's a lot and I think because I've seen I know that there is also to Isaac Luck in Salt Lake City another amazing tattooer good dude loved by a lot of people um you know I don't know the circumstances but I know that he passed recently and that's been very very heavy on his family um and I, I just see this everywhere right now and I'm going to tell you a few things that you need to know right off the bat <sighs> this process is going to be wretched it's going to be horrible. It's going to be gut-wrenching. You're going to be swimming in an ocean of sorrow sometimes that you feel like you can't get out of. You're going to be struggling. And the people that support you are going to not know how to support you through this process. And to those people, when you walk up and you don't know what to say and it's awkward for both of you and you're just standing there, that's your job. It's your job to just be there for those people. It's your job to be awkward but to be supportive, okay? And I'm Kinley's songs here called Ghost of My Best Friend, um, ironically enough. And he says in that song, I've got goosebumps again, like my scalp has got goosebumps on it. He says in that song, the things you'll never see, I swear you'll see them now through me. Um, I've learned in the past few months here to really follow my heart and follow my, my conscience and, and the voice of God as he speaks to me over and over and over again. I can feel it so clearly. I can hear it almost. Like my spirit can hear it. Like it's not words, but I know what it means. And I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that those people that we've lost are in a better place. And I know that they're watching over us and I know that they communicate through us, but it's, to me, it's not about like, it's not about something so simple as like seeing on the wall, hey, I miss you, I love you, I'm watching over you. But there's gonna be moments as you walk through your life where you see them and you remember them and it will absolutely crush you. When you thought you had it down, you thought you fucking licked this grief thing. And this is something all of us are gonna deal with and you're gonna see something, I just literally said that. And I look through this window and right there is that picture I painted of Cassie staring at me through this window. I'm not even in my bay. It's like dead. Like, I mean, let me show you. I'm gonna, I have to show you because this is such a perfect example. I literally just glanced over and there she is. And that's what I mean. And <laughs> because I learned to do these talks because I learned because I wanted to have a greater purpose in my life than just doing cool pictures on people. I wanted to have an impact. I learned that I had to get out from in front of myself 
and start sharing who the fuck I am to the world. I learned that it was my responsibility to help other people get through the things that I've been through. And so when I see things like that, especially when I'm doing something like I'm doing right now, that's as close of a confirmation that you could possibly get that there's people out there and there's those people that you have lost that, that love you still. And the crazy thing about it is that no matter what things transpired between you and them, no matter how many times there was a fight or a problem or any of those things, it's all gone now because when we, when we fucking leave this plane of existence, we zero out all the negativity and we only take love and spirit with us. And so that means that all of those moments where I get eat up with pain, it's, it's what I heard the definition of grief to be a while back was that grief is when love doesn't have a place to land anymore. And it hits, man. It hurts. It hits. You know, we're coming up on like a year and a half approximately, maybe a little bit more than that actually now. Yeah, so it's a little over a year and a half since Cassie passed on, um, or a little under, excuse me, because it'll be November. Um, and it still some days doesn't feel like it happened. Sometimes it feels like it was a whole other lifetime ago because my life is, is just so immeasurably different. I'm a different human being. The person that grieves it now is not the same person that grieved then. And it's only been a year. Excuse me. But I know that if you're going through this process right now, it is just wretched. It feels like you're in the ocean. It feels like you're in a boat with no paddle and the waves are hitting you and you're just afraid it's going to capsize. Or maybe it did capsize and you're just barely keeping your head above water. But I'm here to tell you right now, here and now, you have to keep swimming. You can't let this ocean of grief and sorrow and pain drag you under. Truly, there's no greater way to pay somebody who you've lost tribute than to bring their memory along with you and have them experience the things that you know that they would have wanted for you. What else could be possibly more important than that? And so as you go through this journey, you'll start to realize that that person is gone and that, that pain does linger, but that the purpose afterwards, that, that feeling that person cheer you on is like, it's just powerful. And I don't even know right now whether or not I'm like getting juicy eyed because of talking about all this pain or if I'm getting juicy eyed from talking about the transformative experience that grief put me through. And you'll experience this range of emotions where you're pleading with it and then you're angry and then you want to find somebody or something to fucking blame. And then eventually you finally, you finally get to a point where you accept it. And then even when you accept it, it'll hit again and you'll go through that same process. But each time it happens, you go a little bit faster. And the trippy part, the crazy part about it is that God has turned everything in my life that was ever meant for negativity for good. I literally wrote down yesterday morning that it is laughable to me that the enemy could attack me in any way, shape, or form that he could possibly want to and not think it would only drive my faith further into the arms of God. Because 
Now my pain has become my purpose. My pain has become my passion. My pain has become the building blocks of building a better version of me that cares more for my family and knows exactly how short life is and takes it so seriously that he's willing to meditate on it daily. Think about how long I might have left in this world to win so I can maximize every single second and put the very most value there is to it. The world surrounding us right now is not made of matter. It's made of what matters. And when death comes along, whether it touches you, a family member, somebody you've known, or somebody who knows somebody you know, or you know what I mean, no matter if it's first, second, third, fourth hand, it zeroes out and it's a top-down view for life all of a sudden. And that is a very rare opportunity. We so rarely get the opportunity to look down from the top and see how powerfully like, affected and how powerfully connected all of us are and how incredibly strong we could all become if we realized how short this life is. If we realized that this is just a poof and it's gone. Fuck, somebody told me one time, I just started smoking weed when I was 16 with my friends, Justin, and now I'm 40 and I don't know what happened. Guess what? That thought occurred to me the other day. I'm not 40 yet, but damn close. And I'm starting to realize as every year goes by faster and faster that this life is truly short. It is so massively ungrateful for the gift of the family member or loved one that we've lost and so massively ungrateful for our own life to let that bog us down and destroy us. You have to use that pain as the bricks and mortar to build a better, stronger foundation. You have to be the person who God intended you to be. Because it's not, it's not about who can get the most toys or be the most successful. It's about who can have the most profoundly positive impact on the people around them. And a lot of people wouldn't be able to I know a lot of people can't say this right now, but you can soon if you choose to change. And I know a lot of people couldn't see what I could possibly mean by this, especially if you haven't really been touched by death. But when you realize how much everybody needs you, because you realize how much you needed that person to still be here, your purpose in life becomes so much more powerful. When you realize that it's no longer about getting fucking rich and becoming the most successful tattooer or fucking having the best shop or having the most fucking money or the most toys or the most friends and realize that there's damn strangers out there that you've never fucking met that need you more than you could imagine. They don't need you. They need God. But what they really need is for God to use you as the tool he's trying to use you as. I posted it on my Facebook page today that there is nothing more powerful than the quiet confidence in knowing that I am a paintbrush in the hands of the master artist of creation who may paint his glory in the realm of creation using me as a tool. So none of this is me. It's a different kind of purpose when you realize that everything you go through makes it more meaningful. but you'll prolong the storm of pain the longer you run from it. 
When you try to run away from the storm as it comes towards you, it will eventually overtake you and you will keep running along with it. And then before you know it, you're keeping pace with the storm and you're prolonging the pain. But when you turn and you boldly walk into that pain and you find the people that love you and you give them a hug and you break down and fall apart in their arms and come to pieces and just confess every little way that you've loved that person and you be honest with yourself about how you couldn't imagine life without them. Every time you do that, you realize that you just survived that wave of emotions and you realize that that person, no matter how far away they feel, just picked you up again. And brought you through it. There is nothing in this world more powerful than having a positive impact on the people around you. And I need you not to give up. And I'm going to say this again to the people out there who are struggling with self-worth. Or maybe the people out there right now that are thinking of taking their own life, or maybe the people out there that are committing slow suicide through addiction or with risky life behaviors. Your people need you. Your people need you so much. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad because I know something more important than that. You need you. And I know that if I can stand in front of this camera and have an impact on one fucking person, it's enough. Because I know that the reason I'm able to have that one impact on that one person that's enough is because I've sat on the ground before and had my fucking mouth around a shotgun. I've sat on the ground before wondering if that was going to be the day that I took my life or the day the drugs finally took my life. And I know more than anything that surviving that gave me a purpose so much further beyond anything I could have ever imagined. All I wanted when I was younger was some money and success and maybe the right girl and for my kids to be happy. Now I'm okay with my kids being unhappy if I help them realize who the fuck they are. Now I could give a shit less if I have money as long as the purpose is intact and my family is being provided for. Now I could care less whether or not I have any particular person because God gave me the fucking woman that I needed to have in my life. And she he gave her to me through losing my partner. And she's in here right now. I mean, I have to show this to Lisa since she's in here right now. I took two steps back here earlier and I looked over there. And wouldn't you know it, literally, <laughs> there was Cassie's picture right there. Right as I literally said the words that you're going to walk through your life and you're going to see those people in places you would never expect to imagine. I know because I've watched Lacey see her children and sees Chris and see, sees his face, his mannerisms, who he was as a person, down to the way he talks. I can see it and I didn't even know the man. I can see it in the way Christian like, smirks. And I can only imagine the bittersweet memory of watching that person grow up. But he is being carried on through his children, through his memory with her. And again, like I said earlier, the things that you know that person that you've lost will never see. It is your duty to be as successful, to be as happy, to be as caring and, and, and purposeful as you can in your life so that that person's death wasn't a fucking waste, that that person's death wasn't just another scar for you to say, like, see, this happened to me. That person's death needs to be a scar that says, see, that almost killed me and I'm standing in front of you because I want you to live too.
I can't imagine anything more powerful than that. And if you can, fucking put it to me. I dare you to find something that's more powerful than surviving what you thought you could never survive and helping somebody else through that process. So the purpose of pain, the purpose of grief, the purpose that we have in this life is to see when other people are suffering and to do our best at doing what our creator did for us when he sent his only begotten son down to this planet and allowed him to be crucified and he surrendered his own life and was brutally murdered to save us from ourselves is to help other people, to willingly help bear that suffering for other people, to willingly help show that we are more than the total sum of what we possess or people we know and that we are the total sum of the positive impact that we have on the world around you. Just like Timmy said, pain was necessary for him. In fact, let me put this to you real quick because we talk about this all the time. Pain is a prerequisite for life. The first thing you feel when you come out of the womb is pain, bright light, like everything in creation you never could have imagined in the womb where you were soft, like it was soft, taken care of, warm, everything you could possibly need was provided for. You didn't even have to think, open your eyes, like perceive. It didn't exist. The very first experience in life and the soul, the soul source of the ability to reason and think, the soul creative place where consciousness became, came into existence was through pain. And so whether it's grief, self-hate, it doesn't matter what it is. Pain is a prerequisite for being alive. It is your duty to help cure the things inside yourself, help other people do so, and then collectively gift all of our best selves to the world. And in that process, learn what the next step is. Learn what our higher consciousness tells us when we stop, when we stop running from it. Because I will put to you that the greatest hero, the greatest hero that ever existed was Jesus Christ. And that means that if I respect somebody who is willing to sacrifice their own life, even if you don't believe in this, I want you to just think about it. Like, conceptually, the idea of somebody being willing to sacrifice their own life, brutally, accused against their will, like, not against their will, accused of crimes they did not commit, hated by the very people that they were trying to save. Brutally tortured. Murdered. And not once in that process did he throw the cross down and say, you know what? None of you guys are worth it. You don't get it. Fuck you. I'm going to try to work on my language. That one was just felt like it needed that poignant thing there. And so, and so, let me put this to you. If you could consider that, and that person did that to save us from our sins. If you, even if you don't believe in Christianity, conceptually think of the power of that sacrifice and then tell me that that's not a respectable thing. And if that's a respectable thing, and I think it's the highest level of respect I could give somebody, then why would I not choose to be like him? The things that we respect in this world are God's call to be like those things, not 
a way for us to beat ourselves up and run further into a corner. And so if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to do my best to be like my Savior, I'm going to sacrifice my time, my money, my attention, my energy. If that's not sacrificing my life in as many metaphoric ways as I can think, nothing is. Because I don't do this for fucking money. I mean, I'm definitely the type of person who will do speaking gigs where I get paid because I need to support my family. And guess what? I intend to take the money I I make in my life to change the lives of other people. I don't do this for recognition or likes or followers or social media clout or so some other person can be like, damn, Justin's so deep. I do it because there's one person out there right now today who will get this message and they will watch it and they will realize that their life has intrinsic value and they will see how powerful they are. They will see the plan that God has for them in their life. And they will start to follow that path like I did almost two years ago. I was already following that path a little bit, but the pain woke me up. I could almost say in some ways that I was born again through that pain because I was also shortly thereafter born again through my faith. And now I'm watching my child start to express the very inklings, the very little small buds of faith coming out in them and watching them do it in this creative, amazing way. And I get to watch Christian and Cain who are already steeped in it because Lacey's been living this life for a long time. And I get to watch the impact that Chris's death, that Cassie's death, that the impact that all of these people's deaths that have come before us has had on us and how profoundly further it drove us into the arms of our father. And if that gets one person to come along, that's good enough for me. I love you all. You won't ever escape the pain. So I ask you today, how can you turn it into a purpose? In what way can you turn that pain into purpose? I love you. God loves you. If nobody's told you today, I believe in you. He believes in you. Even more than I do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying I disbelieve, but I just know. All right. And one last suggestion in the grieving process. And I want you to do this exercise that I've been doing lately. And my kid did it. And it was a powerful experience for them too. I want you to imagine that you're sitting in a room across, sitting from, like sitting across from you as God. And you want to ask him all the questions about this person's passing. You want to ask him all about it. And then I want you to imagine the things that he would say to you. And I want you to write them down, both the questions and the answers. But the trick is, is that you are not to allow your emotions to dictate your response. You just simply need to sit down and think about the highest good, the most love, the most powerful way that you could imagine somebody keeping and holding them and protecting them and the most powerful, profound impact they could have on that on the lives of the people around you and you. And I want you to write it down. And I'll bet you, I'll put money on the table. I'll fucking bet you right now. I'll put that on me. Because I love me and I love my creator and I know that I'm meant for so much. That if you do that and you are honest about the way you write it down, that you will have the answers that you so seek. That in this 
this knot of emotion that you feel right now and, and will feel on and off for the rest of your life is all the answers that you could have ever wanted, but you run away from, you run away from them because you are afraid that you are more powerful, wonderfully made, fearfully made, anointed, and, and chosen than you could possibly imagine. I know I should have wrapped it up a second ago, but I, I just, I need you to understand that you have value no matter how bad you are.